At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, I'm David Evans, and this is the media series from Wolves Fancast. This is episode 7, Publications. In this digital age, they say print is dying, but publications that cover sports, such as football, are still popular with consumers. So why do they continue to go from strength to strength in this digital world? How are pieces or stories researched and put together? And what does the future hold for printed publications? James Bird is an associate editor for Mundial magazine, and we chatted about these questions and more. Tell me a bit about your career into getting into when you got into Mundial. Mundial? Mundial, I mean, Mundial. no no one can say it. We can't say it either. <laughs> we, we say it, but I say Mundial. So where, where, did you always want to work as a writer? Or would I be saying right that you were probably more of a writer in your role? Yeah, I mean, my role, we're, we're, we're seven, there's seven of us at Mundial. Yeah. And the magazine is, <clears throat> you know, the thing that we care most about and it's our calling card. But, you know, we we also, other than doing the magazine four times a year, we also do sort of like creative work for for brands and people. Okay, yeah. um, so in terms of the magazine, I'm a writer and, and an editor on the magazine. Mm. Um, and then I'm sort of work on the creative side of things as well. I know that sounds really lame, working out <laughs> on the creative side of things. But like we work, you know, we're a magazine and we work as a sort yeah, of you do You do the colouring well. in. That, yeah. That's what they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smudging, colouring, <laughs> all those bits. Um, and did I always want to be a writer? I don't... I don't know. I mean, yes, probably. Mm. Um, at school, I'd say that English was my best lesson because you could make stuff up. Okay. You didn't. Have, you don't have to revise really with English. You can make things up, can't you? Yeah. When you write, if if you you know if you're answering math, you can't make that up. You know, if you don't yeah. if you don't know how to do the equation, you're fucked. <laughs> um, with English, you can just you can sort of make it up. You can yeah. pretend that you've read it. So I was good. <laughs> I was always good at English at school. I did English at uni. I went down to so I'm from Wolverhampton, from Perton, um, and I went down to um, university in London. Uh, did that for three years and probably didn't do as much work as I should have done. But I think moving to London, like, really, it sort of like opened my eyes up a bit more, um, and. I after grad after graduating from university, I was working as a chef, um, just in just in a, a dead normal restaurant. Uh, I was working as a waiter as well, mm. sort of like just getting money, like you know, as anyway everyone knows, yeah. London's so expensive. And for someone, you know, yes, I think I did still want to be a writer at that point, definitely. But unless you've got an in, it's so it's, yeah. it's very difficult. The vast majority of people that I meet in the industry have parents who work in the industry, have uncles and aunts who work mm. at publishing houses or, you know, their next door neighbour 
I don't know, fucking invented GQ. Mm. Do you know, do, do <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, it does feel like an industry that, you know, if you can get an in or right place, right time to get an opportunity. Yeah, and it's very much that, and especially if you're from Wolverhampton and your dad's a teacher and your mom's a nurse, it's difficult to get into the industry. Yeah. Um, but I was, I start, I started my own little magazine um, about five years ago now. It was a creative writing magazine and it was supposed to be a big fuck off to academical poetry and creative writing. Mm. Um, the idea was that it's, you know, we both know concentration spans now it's difficult you know reading a book is is difficult you just start messing on your phone listen to a podcast switch tv on like there's so many different things so the idea of this was that it was short and easy to read uh, like like a a smartphone so it was a it was a one-page sheet folded into 16 panels each panel had a different piece of writing okay yeah yeah. came out every two weeks cost two quid the whole thing was that it cost less than a pint Mm -hmm. that was the whole thing writing for less than a pint and it went really well. Um, I was, you know, we were printing it ourselves on a printer. Um, me, and, me and this American guy I was running it with. Um, all of it came from our own money. We put 50 quid in each. And across two years, we did 38 issues and um, printed like 350 writers. I think we worked it out that no other like publishing house in the world had, had printed that many <laughs> people again. in that yeah. period of time. Um, anyway, I did a talk, a publishing thing in London. This was when I was sort of, I wanted to finish this thing. You, you don't make much money mm, selling yeah. poetry. I was still working. I was still doing 60 hours in a restaurant whilst I was doing this. Um, anyway, did this talk. Yeah, poetry for a, for a two quid every two weeks. Brilliant. Fuck off to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and two guys came up to me at the end and went, we don't usually like these kind of things, but that was really good. I was like, all right, cheers, cheers lads. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you. We do a thing called Mundial. And I was like, ah, like, the magazine Monday. Yeah. Anyway, it was Seb and Dan who were the two founders, mm. um, and I stopped doing the magazine and didn't speak to them again for about two years, up until two and a half years ago. Now, uh, I finished working at a restaurant, sent them an email. Um, they asked me to to write something. It was about something called the Anglo Italian Cup, which was like oh. a, a fucking mad tournament that started in the seventies. Past my time, that but I hear about it so much. I'm like, oh, bring that back. Oh, it's in- just bring it back. It was insane. Like this guy called Gigi Perinacci started it, and you had fucking like, I don't know, you had Swindon going out to fucking Napoli on a Tuesday, <laughs> on like a Tuesday afternoon, and losing nine one. It was like it was chaos. But why can't we have niche things like that anymore? Like it's. We, we're not allowed nice things, no, are we? No. We ruin nice things. I think that got ruined. There's like Birmingham played Crotone, I think. Yeah. Um, and there was, like, it was just a bloodbath. I think there was like 10 injuries, manager <laughs> coming off with like a fucking sword in his head, basically. Anyway, so I wrote this article and um, they liked it. And I've been there since. Um, which, you know, I would very much say, to go back to what we were saying before that really long version of this, to this job that is very much right place at the right yeah. time and tell me tell me a bit more about Mundell because the impression I get from the magazine and the social it and I'm sure you can tell me a lot better is it seems to celebrate almost like the culture and the style of football in some ways everything that, that's not actually that's on the pitch if, if you know what I mean like the fashion the ethos of it just tell us people a bit more about how what does Mondale stand for Okay, so if you firstly, if you'd said that, that's fucking brilliant to hear someone because that's right. that's what that's what we're trying to do. It's not you know someone said to us once that you could read 
Mundial from cover to cover and not know who was top of the Premier League. Okay. And that for us is like a big thing. Yep. You, it's about, it's not just, it is about the 90 minutes on the pitch and it's about some Greek player from the early 2000s that you saw do a rainbow flick once when you're on holiday and we might let someone write 3,000 words about that. Okay. But it's, it's about the things around the pitch. Yes, the fashion, um, you know, yes, the ethos, yes, the culture, but, you know, the, the tea lady who um, has been working at Rochdale mm. for 30 years, she's as, she's as important to us as a 30-goal-a-year striker. And, yep. she's, you know, she's as, as important to that club and she yep. deserves a story to be told. So I guess, yeah, M- Mundial, it comes out four times a year. And I, I, I think you use the word celebration and that's really important mm. for us. I think about a year ago, we started using like the tagline reminding reminding you why you love football. And there's so much negativity in, in football, in media generally, mm. in, in, you know, the fast-paced, always looking for news and, um, you know, having to sell papers essentially. That we just wanted to be positive. Wanted to be positive about every, every everything. So you know, Paul Pogba doing a stupid run up for a penalty. Yes, brilliant. Do more of it. The dancing, please do more of it. Like we'll we'll sell it rather than go. Oh, they didn't. You know, you he's not taking it seriously. Enough, yeah, you never yeah. saw Dennis Irwin do that for his penalties. <laughs> And that, you know, he seems to be fine. And is that is that how you think that that differentiates your publication to other like four four two and people like that? Is because you you're almost celebrating everything off the pitch more so than on it. I think so. Yeah, I think so. One thing that definitely allows us to be different to, for instance, four four two, which four four two is great. Mm. You know, um, there's lots. You know, there's lots of people doing brilliant things in football media. Um, yeah, I think it comes out every three months, mm. which means that we can really, um, we're not tied to being current. Yeah, We're not tied to commenting on a game that happened last week. Um, and that allows us to explore a bigger variety yeah. of subjects. So this issue, I went to Cornwall to interview fishermen just to, uh, just to find out what the football culture <laughs> is. Is there any football in Cornwall? Yeah. Is it just kids surfing and catching crabs and, and sandcastles no like oh, is there a football culture and, and yes there is so we'll okay. celebrate that um, and I think the magazine itself has two there's three sections to it a, a front and middle a front and middle and a back mm-hmm. the front is, is, is very much shorter articles really irreverent almost silly um, I guess you know it takes a lot from our social media output mm. the front section like they're small bits that you can yeah. you can dip in and out of like you can read two pages and and, and go back to it yeah. three weeks and still be fine and then the middle section is where we let the articles breathe mm. you know and it's, it's almost like evergreen content it's something like you say it it's not relevant in a moment so you can just go back to it in, even in like a year's time and read that again I hope so yeah, yeah. But I, think, I think that's the point and I mean you know if, if you're going to be doing a print publication it has to be something that that people want to yeah. keep and people go back to. Otherwise, you know, there's no point. Now, going back onto obviously publications, I'm going to throw out a phrase which I'm sure people say to you sometimes. In this digital age, people say print is dying or print is dead. Is it dying? Um, I think bad print is dying, okay. and that's good. You know, mo- a lot of printed media is fucking shite. <laughs> is print dying? No, you just have to find a tone of voice. You have to find an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You have to make something that people want to keep. Otherwise, uh, there's no point because you can access everything. We don't do a digital version of the magazine. Mm. It's probably stupid. We probably should. 
because people would buy it and more yeah. people across the world would read it. But <clears throat> the, the point is, is that if it has to be something that you want to keep, it has to be something that you you want to put on your on your table and let you know have people ask well, what's that. You mm. know, you want to be seen reading it on the bus or on the tube or on the on on the train. Um, so print isn't dying mm. if you're doing something that's worth worthwhile and, and something that really hits on a tone of voice and finds a niche the word niche is a bit lame but like if if you, I think if you have to do something that people want to keep otherwise the, the, there's no point because it'll just get thrown what, what, what's the point in spending well not what's the point I won't spend five pounds on a magazine mm. if it's not if it's not doing something that other places aren't yeah. tell me about the process in terms of putting a story together for the magazine in terms of what are you looking for in a story? And then when you perhaps found something, how does it go from there? Well, I mean, we're lucky. There's seven of us at Mundial mm. and we're all very aware of how lucky we are to do our jobs. We get to write and make things about football all day. We're dead lucky. In terms of what we look for for a story, um, <clears throat> one that hasn't been told. And if it has been told, something that's been told in a different way. Mm. Um nothing too not not intellectual but nothing that's snobbery nothing that's snobby we want we don't want an article that's going to feel like you're being taught like mm. you're at school and it's a teacher telling you about yeah. something we want an article that makes you feel part of the conversation um and i mean in terms of process <clears throat> it depends you know most of us at the magazine will write out of the seven of us, <clears throat> excuse me, out of the seven of us, most most of us will write mm. an article in the magazine and we'll have a features meeting two months before print date. You know, two weeks after the, the, that's gone to mm. print, we'll, we'll be thinking about the next one. Um, and we'll all bring ideas. We'll tell each other if they're crap. We'll, we'll also tell each so other So is that good. the case, like, or someone will go, I've seen this, or has anyone thought of this, or I've heard a story about this? Is that kind of yeah. how it can come about? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And I mean... Again, because we're not tied to things being current, um, we you can have you can have an idea about something that happened forty years ago mm. or something that hasn't happened yet, and it, it's okay. It can still live in the magazine because it comes out every three months. It's, mm. it's not retrospective yeah. on on the previous week. Um, and yet, if yeah, if one of us has an idea, um, and, and the others think it's good, and we've you know we've got enough money to to get a train down to Cornwall or to get a coach up to. Carlisle or, or or whatever mm. we're doing, then then we'll go through with it and do it, and that's internal, external people pictures things. You know, I think that's the other great thing about Mundial is that it doesn't it doesn't rest on big name writers, people with lots of followers on their mm. Twitter, people, you know, household names. Anyone can write for it. You know, you, there's plenty of people who yeah. have had their very first article printed in Mundial. Because as long as as long as someone cares about what they're writing about and has a bit of fun with it, yeah, we'll you know we'll, we'll listen. So getting getting pictures is really exciting because it teaches us something new all the time. If if it was just the seven of us in the office writing, it'd be stale and it'd be almost like we were writing a magazine for ourselves, mm. um, which in a way we are. But like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, you know, having other people pitch ideas to us and pitch articles to us is dead dead important. Have you got any favourite stories that you've perhaps written personally or, or any of your colleagues have written that appeared in the magazine? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Owen, who is, I don't know, his official title on the magazine. Oh, we're just going to check the magazine just He's, in case. Yeah. What is his features editor? Owen. <clears throat> Owen's one of the bosses. He's great. He's from Wolverhampton as well, actually. He's from, well, he's from Bridge North. Born and bred. Yeah. We like yeah, it. Yeah. We've, got, we've got to have those little pockets of us somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he wrote he wrote an amazing, he did an amazing interview with Steve Ball. Which is Good. when when it's on the it's, it's on our website mm. now, and whenever we put that out, put, like we have hundreds and hundreds of people in it. It's, yeah. it's fucking amazing. It's so good. It's, bu- it's bully. bully. It's bully. He comes across so well in it. Like oh, it's it's brilliant. And Owen also wrote another of my favourite pieces, which is about about Ronaldo, a phenomena, the mm-hmm. original Ronaldo. Yeah. Which there's some of the imagery he uses it in it is is tapped, insane, but like so clever. Um, me, I wrote a bit a piece about Nuno in the in the last issue, which was like I don't know, it doesn't sound soppy, but like quite important to me. Like I name checked my dad and my granddad <laughs> and my brother, and, and and sort of like really tried to get across what it feels like to be a Wolves fan at the moment. And then I guess that my other the the first cover story I wrote, which was issue ten, so going back about two years, um, we decided that we were gonna we were gonna run a big middle section about Maradona. Mm. Um, and again, I'll name check Owen here because Maradona is his hero, and um, fair fucks to Owen. He gave me the, the cover story to write, mm. which I still, I still don't know why he did that. It was so <laughs> kind of him. He's a kind man, but that was that was beyond. I, I'm amazed he let me do. It. But anyway, I had this idea that I'd just go to Naples on my own for three days and just walk around talking to people mm. about Maradona. Um, and for some reason they let me. It's a me... difficult life for some. Yeah, reason. yeah, I know, I know, I know. And but they let me do it. They let me do it. Like my Italian's crap. I did have a, a translator for some bits, but the best bits were, I mean, if it like Naples is, for a start, the most insane place I've ever been in my life. It's, right. it's amazing. Like it's a real. It's got its own rules, like its own laws. Like it's you can straight away see why Maradona and Naples sort of like right, okay. hit it off yeah, so yeah, well. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I'd, I'd just be walking around and there'd be a, a carpenter, like two blokes with a, a bottle of Peroni and two like prosciutto rolls. And like it all sounds made, but everything was real. Like it, it sounds made up and cliche, but it, it, it just It happened. didn't look like it was on a postcard. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so I'd, I'd walk in and as I'd say EO and journalista inglesi, which means I'm an English journalist. And I'd say Scritto and Articolo about Maradona, and then straight away just go ah, and just like <laughs> give you so much like amazing such anecdotes and stories, and like it's almost like they were making them up, but they weren't. You know, Maradona yeah. was walking down the street one day and he kicked me the ball. I was at, I was walking with my dad one time and he jumped like all these mad stories. So, I was, but it felt real. It didn't feel like you say. It didn't feel like they were making. Up, no, but there was a wit that there must have been a kind of an excitement of wow, this is not from a journalistic point of view, just from a general story point of view. This yeah. is amazing. Like, it was. It was. And like it was one of those ones where like I knew as I was writing it, as I was doing it, that it was going to be a special piece, just just because of the things that people were saying. Um, and yeah, for anyone, if anyone wants to go anywhere for uh, to experience somewhere, you like go to Naples. <laughs> it's insane. It's a crazy place. This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. 
Start renting at liftfeather.com. You've probably already answered this question um, when we were talking a few minutes ago, but in terms of each issue, you probably obviously have a theme for that issue. How is, is there a process in determining what that theme is? Is it those feature meetings where you go, right, what should we do for the next one? Or in two issues time, is there a kind of, again, a process of how that works? So in, in terms of a theme, we, we actually try not to have a theme because um, that limits and narrows okay. what, what you can write. Um, <clears throat> but for certain ones, so for instance, the Maradona one, yes, <clears throat> that was a group decision. At, at that point, we were doing quite a lot of legend stuff. So we had Cantona on, on, on the cover. Mm. We had Perlo on the cover. Um, and we had Diego on the cover. Um, I mean, it's again, it's 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 pretty flexible and pretty fluid. Like, we're seven mates making something that we really like. We don't have, you know, we don't have any investors or any owners. We, it's just the seven of us doing it. So we don't have to answer to anyone. So if, for instance, so the, the, the previous issue we did like... For the first time, we did a middle section, which was like a review almost of yeah. 2018. All the timeless articles around it, but we had a middle section, which was you know just looking back at the things that mm. people probably didn't hadn't forgotten about 2018. Yeah. But you know things that we wanted to remind people about. Um, and I guess yeah, like we, we can we can dictate what we do. We can chop and change it because yeah, like us like I said, there's no no one's telling yeah. us what to do. So and. We might go back over something you've said before, but is that why it, what that makes a printed publication so special in a digital world? It's because it is it can be timeless. It's something you can find, you know, let's say you have it and then it might go in the attic and then you're clearing the attic out because you've got to move and you're like, oh, I remember when I had that message. <laughs> it is a, like, I know digital can be kept in different forms now, but I guess it is, depending on what it is, it can be a timeless piece that can give you memories and... Um, give a connection to something yeah i hope so I, ho- I hope that's what we're doing and 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 look we're by no means anti-digital anti-contemporary yeah. at all we you know we are constantly trying to be at the forefront of of the digital world as well at you know at our twitter and facebook yeah. and, and instagram and everything that you know everything that we do when we're not when that doesn't isn't being written we're trying to you know really really push the boundaries of what we can do and you know the digital world is mad important Any, yeah. and anyone who says it isn't or it's going to disappear is, is yeah isn't well <laughs> which is fine yeah. it's, it's okay not to be well but like and and yeah it's a big part of what we do mm. so the um you know a, a lot of people will know us as a social media outlet before they know us as a magazine mm. um it's, it's really important you have to yeah. you have to do both you have to do it because i you know I, when I'm on my phone, I want new stuff to be reading and looking at all the time. Yeah. This, the, the magazine, is, is different. Yeah, you can leave it and you can dip in and out of it. You know, you, you need you need digital content, yeah. don't you, along, alongside a printed but I guess, piece. That's why, I guess, printed publications in general are so special and probably why you're attached to, obviously, what you do so much because it is a, a timeless piece. And, and it's probably trying to say to people, yes, there is a digital world, but... Printed publications are, are just as important. Yeah, I, I, I think they are as important if the, if they're done correctly. You know, if 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 you if you're lazily pushing out the same magazine that you've been pushing out with the same, you know, the same writers that you've been pushing out for years, like boring. Fuck off. If you're doing <laughs> something different and you're trying to, you know, you're, tr- you're trying to. You, you're trying to evolve what you are and stuff. Then there's definitely a space, and I think there always will be a space for printed media because 
it gives you know it gives you that opportunity even if it's only for five minutes and not look at your phone mm-hmm. like, I, I opening a book it's difficult yeah i i find i find it very difficult to read now because mm-hmm. i'm I'd constantly i can you know instead of reading about one thing i can jump onto twitter and read about 500 things mm-hmm. in two minutes um so yeah i you know i think it's a privilege to be doing a yeah. print publication that works um and it's something that we have to keep pushing to change as well because there's if you know we can't let it go stale and you were talking about obviously being in the digital world and you know there is a general generally there is an importance that you can't just be on one you need to be showing yourself digital as well and we were talking before we were recording about um mondale's presence socially twitter especially it's just something that if people haven't checked out your account go and check it out i believe it's just at mondale isn't it uh, uh, on Twitter at Mundial Mag and it's something we were talking about that you seem to have cracked so well and I've seen other people do it is I'm going to describe it as the generic question I'm sure you could just describe it better where you are just basically asking your community a question which is probably related to them personally and they give an answer and it just does so well and uh, there was an example which did so well about describe your favourite goal, just use an emoji, which is fantastic because you saw all these football clubs around the world doing it. But did anyone come up, come up with that idea at all? Or was it just someone just started one day, I'm going to just throw this out there and hang on a second, this seems to be working? Well, I mean, the good thing about Twitter is that it's, it's disposable, isn't it? Mm. So if a tweet doesn't work... It doesn't matter because you you can do you you know by the time you've realised it doesn't work you've done another ten yeah and it's disappeared it's off, it's on your timeline for a second so you can test things mm. um, and we've been talking we you know we always try we have to you know and and want to always keep our social outlets really fresh and, and doing different things you know we could just pump out a photo of Cruyff a photo of Pele and a photo of Maradona. Uh, and just know, watch those shares. Just so I can watch it. Yeah. Fucking brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. We'd have two hundred thousand followers by next week. But we, you know, we want to, we want to really push. And like, it's great that you've mentioned those those questions. I think, I think me and Dan, so Dan Sanderson, who's editor in chief and, and one of the two founders with Seb. Mm. Um, I think me and him were talking about it and just saying that, as with the articles, I hope that they. You know, rather than they sound like you're being lectured, they're engaging you in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And what what asking someone, you know, what's the best comeback you've ever seen? What's the, you know, what's the tell me about the characters who sit around you mm-hmm. at a football match? Uh, what's the best no look pass you've ever seen? You know, just asking people these yeah. questions means that they're we're not we're not just dictating things on us. We're engaging people in a conversation and. That's what we want, isn't it? We like talking. All of us, we we love football. We like talking about it. You know that that's we go to the yeah. game so we can talk about it after, really. Um, and I think that's what we try to do with those questions. And and yeah, they've really really worked. They've really really worked well. And I think lots of people have been nicking them as well, which is fine. You got <laughs> you have you know we nick stuff all the time yeah. as well. But I th- yeah, they work. They engage people in, yeah. in a conversation, which is dead important. You you don't want to be seen as like on a on a high ledger by people just because you you do a magazine. That's you know a recipe for for death of, of of a magazine. Do you think digital in some ways has helped with in terms of printed publications being able to find more stories or being able to get more access to people to then go out and do those stories and then be able to write them and then be able to publish them? If that makes sense? Yeah, definitely, 
definitely. Because there, there just seems to be more stories out there. I don't know. If, I don't know whether that they've always been there. Just we just haven't gone and got them. But there just seems to be so many niche, more niche stories out there now. I mean, you know, I can use my phone now to to find out when Steve Bulb scored his first goal and who it was against and what minute it was and what kit he was wearing. Mm. Um, and and that you know that opens everything up, doesn't it? That, there's a story in that bang straight yeah. away. Let's talk to Steve Bull about his first goal and what boots he was wearing. I'd love to know what boots he was wearing and how he laced them up, <laughs> yeah. and and whether he took his, whether he had his shirt tucked into his into his shorts, and whether his socks were pulled over his like. And, and the internet allows us to do that, doesn't it? Mm. It means that bang straight away you can find a you can find a story in in, in anything, um, and in ter- in terms of sort of like pieces that we do that aren't UK based. So you know if we're lucky enough to go to Norway if we're looking to go to Italy and to, to write something it means it, it means that you can connect with people straight away you don't have to go there blind you, you know we can write now I can write on my Instagram I'm going to be in Bergen next week are there does anyone want to talk to me about brand football club and you'll get people go yeah and then you get people you know tag people in you've already got a little mini community there mm. around the article the story that you're writing yeah. you've got a little community there straight away so, yes, yeah, it helps. <laughs> if there were people listening who wanted to get into a role that you were doing, working for a magazine, perhaps more print-based, because you know there's a lot of you know still print journalism degrees out there as well, or generally working some kind of football capacity in kind of the world that you work in, what kind of uh, tips or advice would would you give people? Pester people, yeah. If someone doesn't reply keep emailing them keep knocking keep knocking on the door um it's a you know it's a fucking difficult sector to get into um but there are spaces there's and and if there isn't one fucking make one so if you want to be a writer keep writing keep just just keep doing it start a blog start a twitter page write write down your thoughts on there Mm. do i don't know start doing say i don't know i'm going to do a match report on Every game in the English league on a weekend, all in 220 characters on Twitter. Bank, that's an idea. Fucking just do it. Do it. And, and, you know, it's difficult around other jobs. You know, before I got this and when I was doing my the magazine that I was running before, you know, 60-hour jobs. And it's, it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. But just, just pester people. Mm. So, you know, if you want to... Um, if you want to, if you know a second language and you want to do translations for um, a football, a football club or a, a magazine or a, you know a video company or broadcast like anything, tell people. Mm. Go go say, hi lads, I I can speak um, Spanish. Um, I noticed that you had an interview with X person. I could be a translator next time. Mm. If you want to be, um, if you want to be an illustrator, if you're dead good at drawing at school. Keep writing. Start an Instagram. Keep put put a hashtag on it. Put hashtag WWFC on it, and fucking draw Helder Costa, and people attack that hashtag, and someone will see it. Yeah. So I I think I don't know. It might not sound very helpful to say pester people. Yeah. But that's honestly, if you if your mom or dad or whoever isn't already in that industry and you have that helpful leg up, just just really hammer people, pester people, because they yeah. can only say no. 
Because I guess one of the things we've got in this series for all the people we've spoken to in different roles, the generic thing I get when we get to this question is kind of perseverance, yeah, but also dedication in the sense of if you really want it, you're going to have to do it without being paid and do it off your own back for so for to to get something. And I, you know, and I guess that's a sense that's always pushed home in terms of. You know, if you really want it, you've got to put it in your house yourself with little return sometimes as well. I think, I think yes, that's the case. And like, don't get me wrong, it's so, you know, it's really difficult to, to one, at the moment, whatever you do, unless you're working in the top fucking 5% of jobs, whatever, it's difficult to get enough money to fucking do all the things you want to do anyway, let alone then pursue yeah. a writing career or, you know, a you want to be a, a video, you know, you know, you want to be a television show host, football TV show yep. host. It's difficult. It's really, really difficult. And I think saying persevere can, all, it can sound a, a little bit, a little bit elevated and a little bit lofty because some, you know, absolutely bang on. Someone can go, I, I, already, I already persevere in the job that I do for mm. 60 hours a week. Yeah. So it's, you know, and the other thing is don't get down with yourself I I reckon when I was the two years before I was working at Mundial, where I was just I was working as a waiter in a restaurant, which was great. I loved working in 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 that sector. It was fun and the camaraderie. I was getting really down with myself. I was like, this is never going to happen. I really I've always wanted to be a writer. Don't like mm. just just un- understand that at some point you're very likely to get a break. Mm. It's like watching a game, right? Even Newport against City today, they'll have had two or three chances mm. in that game. It's whether you take them. Yeah, and, and it only takes that one chance. It's like, and like yeah. You need a bit of luck as well. You need a shed load of luck. Yeah. I got lucky that someone replied to an email that I sent. So do as much as you can outside whatever job you're doing. If it's not the job that you want to be doing, don't get down because... You you might get a chance. You you might not. And, and look, you, you just need lot. You need a lot of luck. Yeah. So. Uh, before we before we kind of finish, a couple of more questions. I just want to go back on Mundale. And when you were putting the magazine together and you started sending your shoes out, has there ever been a moment, or was there a moment where where all of a sudden you thought, "Hang on a second, something's happening here now. This is clicking." Has that ever happened, or has there been a moment where you thought oh, people are responding to this now? Um, I'd say there's lots of little ones of those, yeah. and has been. So I've I've been at Mundial for nearly three years now, and it was running for a year and a half, two years before that. Um, I think a big thing for us is was getting a distributor for the magazine. Mm-hmm. So previously, we'd just fucking call up shops and say, "We've got this football magazine. It's really <laughs> nice. Will you sell it for us?" <laughs> no. Right, no, okay. we won't sell it for you. So we got a distributor, which really helped, which meant that it was going on more shelves, getting into more people's hands. Um, I would say <clears throat> it's we've expanded a lot in in the past past two years. We've gone from two people full time to seven people full time. <clears throat> um, so, and I, th- I th- yeah, I think it's been lots of little things. And mm. t- to be honest. Like yes, it needs to sell because we need to make money and and you know we need to be able to get the tube to work or <laughs> can buy a chicken Kiev for, <laughs> for dinner. But um, the best bits are when someone someone just gets in touch and says we read 
I read this piece and it reminded me of this or it made mm. me feel like this. They're they're the best things. That that you know, because we're just football fans. We were seven mates that are just football fans. Mm. So if if we've written something that's made another football fan feel something or think of something, then I think that's yeah. Those little things are the best things. Uh, final question is the same question we ask everybody who does this series: is where do you see sports media in the next decade? Whether that be printed publications, how you see that kind of growing in the next decade, or in general, how you think it will be reported on how would it be consumed what's your view on that um i think it's really exciting because i think with with how digital media is moving forward more there's more opportunities so if you want to if you think you are a brilliant if you think when you go down the pub if you think you analyze the game better than any of your mates you can analyze the game now and you can stick it onto youtube mm. or you can write about it and stick it on your blog and and people people will see it if it's good and if you keep doing it people people will see it so i think in terms of where football media is going i think it's exciting mm. i think that um i think that the women's world cup this summer is really important yeah um i think well certainly more than ever before it's going to get great exposure and it's going to have um you know the the it's going to have the eyes on it that it deserves um so i think that's very exciting this summer and i think there's been a big switch in the past couple of years mm. in terms of women's football yep. i think that there one million percent needs and we are included in this and needs to be more diversity in terms of who is who is commenting on football um whether that be race gender religion whatever there needs to be mm. it needs the the people who are writing and commenting about football um need to represent the people that are playing football more um and yeah i won't go more into that now i've got lots of feelings <laughs> about yeah. that about how i think things should change but i think and i think that is changing and i think yeah. that's good and exciting to have different faces on your screen different you know different faces in the in a newspaper different faces in a magazine um i think it's it's exciting isn't it like yeah you know what 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 you guys do? I th you know, ten years ago, you wouldn't have been able. Like no. the opportunities just weren't no, no, there. No, no, no. Now we can record something, and we can, we can, we can put it up, and we can you know curate an audience and, and get people engaged in a discussion, mm. and you, you can you can make things, and people will see them. So I think it's exciting. In terms of printed publications, well, you don't see any like you know. Again, you hear people talking about like we mentioned before, print potentially dying, but you don't see any. As long as people do do it well and do it as as you mentioned before, there shouldn't be an issue really with that with that going away. Yeah, and I, I think what's important is to not not fully separate what you're doing online with what you're doing in print. So we you know we try and emulate things that we do digitally in an analog world mm. as well. If if you're not if you're not evolving and if you're not engaging more people in, in the discussion of whatever you know whatever that might be if it's a newspaper if it's a magazine if it's a novel if it's a book of poems like if you're still doing that in the same way it was done 50 years ago mm. so print media don't take don't take what you're doing for granted mm. in terms of it just constantly try and evolve and if you know as we've said a couple of times if if you're doing something that encourages people to feel a part of it 
then it'll, it'll stick around. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.